Welcome back to the TCDSU Diversity in STEM podcast. Diversity in STEM is a TCDSU campaign aiming to highlight and support the range of backgrounds and identities in STEM. This podcast aims to be a discussion with individuals from underrepresented groups about their experiences in STEM, their work, and their views on how to make STEM more diverse and accessible. I'm Rachel, and this week I spoke to Liz, a mature student who is in her final year of zoology at Trinity. We discussed her journey and experience of attending higher level education as a mature student. In the second half of the podcast, committee member Anna spoke to Laura, a student from Zimbabwe, currently finishing up her master's in physics at Durham University in the UK. We hope you enjoy this installment of the Diversity in STEM podcast. Hi Liz, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Why don't you introduce yourself for us? Okay, hi. Um, thanks for having me. So I am Liz. I'm a fourth year zoology student and I'm also a mature student. And I'm originally from Wexford and I'm also the class rep for the fourth year class in zoology too. Great. And is this your first time attending university or did you attend when you originally left school? I actually I actually attended when I did my leave insert. So I did my leave insert really young. I just turned 17 and I went and did a two year course in DIT in pharmacy technician studies. Um, So I moved from the countryside up to the city, which at 17, which in hindsight, like thinking about it now, it's a little bit crazy because if I think about a 17 year old, I, I kind of think, oh, my God, they're quite young to be doing like a big move like that yeah <laughs> yeah um and it was in 2008 so if you remember it was the recession so once I did that course um I kind of needed to go to work because not everybody was kind of uh happy with the recession and it affected a lot of families and I kind of I needed to make money so that yeah. was kind of the end of my studies then for a good I think six years um, when I decided to apply as a mature student. And what made you want to go back to university? Um, I was kind of bored, (laughs) you know, um, I worked so many years and I felt like it wasn't really going anywhere. I was kind of stuck and I needed more. Um, I needed I needed to do more and I knew I was capable of more and I definitely knew that I needed a degree to kind of start off the process of achieving what I was capable of. Right and were you had you been working in the pharmaceutical industry or were you working in uh, another did. industry? Yeah I did a lot of jobs. Um, I worked in pharmacies. Um, my mother at the time had a bar so it's a few years before actually um, starting in Trinity I did both I worked in the bar and the pharmacy to oh, try wow. to save up money <laughs> yeah. yeah um I think I did a stint in a call center at one stage in my early 20s me too do not recommend that at yeah. all <laughs> I would recommend that worst job of all. my life yeah yeah me too <laughs> um so yeah it was all it was all very much customer facing jobs that I did um and all customer service and there was no room for improvement I was always going to end up staying at the same like a level of pay grade as well and basically the only thing I could do was go back to college if I wanted to improve my life basically. 
Right. Okay. And what was the application process like for you as a mature mm-hmm. student? Was it difficult? Was there a lot of information available? How did you find it? Um, so the process at first, it was a little bit daunting. So I was going through websites and websites, Trinity website, um, and C, is it CEO or CAO? CAO? CAO. CAO. So I always I think. Confused. Me too. Yeah. Um, the, the, the Trinity site for it was fine. Their application process, what they wanted was very straightforward. You know, you put in your application, you did your essays and why you want to go. Um, and then you get called in for an interview if you kind of pass that round. Um, the CAO was very confusing and that was kind of emailing back and forth with them trying to figure out if I was doing the right thing because obviously if you mess up your CAO you're not getting in anywhere Um, but it was all right yeah um, there's a lot of information actually on boards.ie and reddit as well so a lot of other people are having the same kind of situation trying to make sure that they're doing everything correct Um, but yeah um, I only actually applied to Trinity so I wouldn't recommend putting your eggs all in one basket um, because obviously if you don't get in, then you have to wait another year. So don't do that. Um, <laughs> otherwise, yeah, it just ended up being lucky for me, you know. Um, but yeah, the, the process was fine. It was very manageable. And what help or encouragement did you receive from your friends or family or did you seek out help from the universities you're applying to how did that go um so my friends and family were really happy uh, that I decided because they kind of knew that I was a bit browned off in what I was doing and I was looking to figure out my future and once I made the decision then they were just delighted like I was just met, met with positivity and when I kind of doubted myself they encouraged me so that was good the the college itself um I so I guess there was a perspective I think that's what it's called for mature students with a lot of information on it and that put my mind at ease like there's um there were testimonials from past mature students which helped you know I kind of thought that I was going to be going into college with a load of 18 year olds and they were going to see me as an old woman at 26 but all of that like the websites and everything that I read that like it just encouraged me it, it didn't feel like that at all <laughs> you know um, I had I have a couple of cousins who were in Trinity at the time so they helped me um, with us as well I asked them about mature students they were um they did arts-based subjects. So I asked about mature students there and they said, yes, there's plenty. They all get along with everybody fine. You forget you, you forget that somebody's a mature student, they said. You, the initial meeting is like, hi, how are you? And then they figure out your age and then they just forget. They said, oh, I don't even think about it like that anymore. So yeah. that was kind of nice to hear because that was like a big issue applying, um, being a little bit older. I feel in my experience as well, I applied to um, some universities in the UK and in Ireland. And I think for me anyway, Trinity was definitely the most, the easiest one that I applied to. It was very straightforward and simple. I didn't have to do any exams or anything like that, whereas I had to for UCD. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so I think 
Trinity is a great university to apply to if you're a, if you're a mature student. Yeah, yeah, I definitely think so too. Um, I avoided UCD because of the <laughs> exam. To be honest, I was just like, oh no, I'm not going to pass that. There's no point. But <laughs> like, really, I probably would have done okay. But um, yeah, so I think Trinity was quite easy as well. And then they have all the information on the access project as well. If you need a year beforehand, if you've been out of studies for so long, which is really good. It's a so, great program. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the information that they provide and just the process is quite good with Trinity. So tell me about your experience in first year. What was that like? How did you react? How did you cope? Um, so... First year was very scary. Um, the first day, the first day though, um, was with all mature students in STEM. So you, we were kind of separated from the undergrads who had just come out of school, which really helped a lot because I met the people that were in my class that I would see every day. Um, I think there was four of us overall out of a class of 300 and something, which was crazy. Well, four that I know of. Um, so when I met them on the first day, it was great to speak to people who were in my situation as well. And they were all quite nervous of what was to come ahead of us in the next four years. So that was nice. Um, then when we started, when we started the lectures, um, I'm sure you've been in Goldsmith Hall. Yep. That was basically first and second year at Goldsmith Hall with 300 other people. And when I walked in there the first day, I was just like, oh, my God, what am I doing? <laughs> you know, It's very <laughs> intimidating, it, isn't it? And um, then then you start to do lab work and you um, you hear all these students who've just come out of school and they know exactly what they're talking about. And you're just kind of like. Uh, I can't remember what this is like I I don't know what the powerhouse of a cell is like I can't remember <laughs> it's been years since I looked at a biology book um, but luckily enough it was all smooth sailing um, the the first week or two was very very daunting um, and you kind of get used to it after a while then and it just comes second nature to you so what has the social aspect been like for you? Was it difficult to make friends? No, actually. Um, the social aspect for me has been quite good. So I started off I started off obviously making friends with the mature students who I'm still friends with today. Um, they're actually all in zoology with me. Oh, so yeah, we ended up all doing kind of the same modules and everything and helped each other out. But we all kind of went off in our own directions and we made other friends as well, like younger friends. And my main group of friends is actually um, a lot of younger people across like health sciences, physics, botany, um, lots of natural sciences. And we've really like I was just accepted. There was a joke. I was, there was a joke now in first year, which I didn't mind. They just called me old Liz. And I was happy with that. <laughs> you know, it was fine. I was like, I have friends. I'm just going to accept this now. Um, but that, it was fine. It was funny after a while. And I get called mom now sometimes because I help out with things, you know, organizing um, things and helping them out with forms like taxes and stuff. You know, I'm just their shoulder to lean on with that. But I've, honestly, it doesn't mind. I don't mind. Um, we go for pints. We've I go to birthday parties. They've 
celebrated my birthday, my 30th birthday this year, which was a bit crazy, but um, we've been to concerts and everything. Like, it's just, it's just normal friendships. There's no, like, difference. It, it just feels like a normal friendship. It doesn't feel like I'm an old person going around with younger people and they avoid me or anything because of my age. So, yeah, the social aspect has been really, really good. Yeah, I feel like that's one thing you kind of, you tend to really worry about, like I did anyway when I was going, like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to have any friends and it's going to be so difficult to make any, but you literally, like, they don't care. No one cares, like. No, nobody cares at all. They actually forget after a while as well. Exactly. It's all in your head. Yeah, they're like, you say something sometimes about having to pay bills and, and they're like, oh yeah, I totally forgot that you were like. (laughs) you're a bit old so which is nice which is nice um but yeah I honestly think I've made friends for life and they're all wonderful people and they all support me and I support them and it's been so good that way and as you said that's that was one of my big worries as well I just thought I was going to be alone for four years so that was a nice surprise and do you feel that being a mature student has benefited you more than you know, you say your first time when you attended your course after school or had you have gone to university straight after your leaving cert? So in my case, yes, definitely. Um, being a mature student has, like being that little bit older has definitely benefited me. Um, in my case, when I was 17, I was, I felt like I was a child. I had no time management skills. I wasn't really motivated. I was just very laxy with everything. And the I know I went for the first two years um, and yeah, that was good. I continued education, but my time actually working and having to create schedules and have goals and especially working two jobs as well, like everything was time management. That really stood to me then when I started back to education. Um, Like I I still work now part-time and that helps. Um, Like, yeah, that has helped as well. Um, let me think, <clears throat> pardon me. So I'm also, I'm also very much more determined to finish and to finish with a good grade. Um, I don't want to waste the four years. Um, I want to finish it and do as well as I know I can do. So I don't think I would have done that when I was 17. I think I would have just given up a lot easier thinking, oh, it's grand. I have my twenties. Like I can, yeah figure this out which in kind I kind of did a little bit as well but yeah definitely going back as a mature student it's it's helped so much um just having that life experience um and communication wise confidence wise it's definitely helped 100% agree same situation for me as well same situation yeah Yeah. completely completely. (laughs) you're just so much more focused and your priorities are completely realigned compared to you know when you're young, that bit younger so yeah it's definitely, definitely benefited me as well oh that's good to hear like even getting out of bed in the morning like I I wouldn't have gotten out of bed when I was 17 yeah like, <laughs> and now I just force myself I'm just like I'll be happy with myself now if I do this and, exactly yeah. um so have you had any bad experiences or have you ever felt self-conscious for being a mature student um self Being self-conscious is a given Um, anyway. I think there is a massive amount of imposter syndrome and I didn't know, I've never heard of that term before I actually went into Trinity. I just thought it was 
my confidence and a bit of anxiety but then somebody told me oh it's actually imposter syndrome and I was like what um that has been with me for the whole entire time unfortunately um even even last semester I was just comparing myself to others thinking I wasn't good enough like that's been hard um I've I've gotten through it it's fine I don't think it's going anywhere until I'm fully happy with uh what I do um with experiences I'm I don't think I've had bad experiences um obviously be with being a mature student I suppose you could say about experiences the fact that you have a life outside of college that does need your attention you have responsibilities um you have to make money well I have to make money anyway um for myself to eat pay bills um and then you have you have things that might happen and you know you might have to work and you can't get off for a certain lab and then that's detrimental to your grades so those experiences um they've been quite stressful but faculty have actually been amazing with it you just get in contact and explain the situation and they have been quite amazing with it uh, they understand being a mature student you do have responsibilities outside of your studies so that's been good but that's been possibly the most stressful um stressful experience of being a mature while studying yeah I've found as well that the staff are they're really really understanding and they obviously acknowledge that you know we would tend to have kind of really important things perhaps going on in the background like family and child care for a lot of people so I think the college do make a big effort to kind of accommodate mature students yeah I I totally agree um and I'm honestly in awe of anybody I think it's brilliant anybody who goes back to study as a mature student who has children Mm. I think they are just amazing I I don't know how they do it I don't know how they do it um like I have I have two guinea pigs and that's what I look after (laughs) but you know if it was an actual human child you know I just I think they're amazing for doing it and fair play 100% 100% completely. Um, okay, so you're in fourth year now, so you're coming towards the end of your university career. So what are your next steps? Do you have any plans after graduation? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. You can probably see by my face the finish. Um, so after graduation, I am, I am a little bit stuck with what to do. Um, with coronavirus and everything, I think I'm putting off going for a master's because I need lab work and I can't I can't apply for a master's pay for a master's and not get the lab work that I need so I am definitely taking a year off um, to, t- to make a bit, a bit of money as well um, in the future in the future I very much intend to apply for a master's I'm not a hundred percent on what that master's will be. I'm very much interested in parasitology and epidemiology and have been looking in the UK. So I think that's where I will be directed. My only issue is my age, um, being a woman in STEM and my age. So I'm very, very conscious about going into academia because I'm going to need to do a PhD and that takes a couple of years. Yeah. And yeah, and at the moment I just... 
I'm a bit lost because I don't think there's any room for maybe having a family in those years. And then I feel like I'm going to run out of time. So I'm a bit lost in that retrospect. Um, I think that's what happens with women in STEM in general anyway. So I'm, I'm still trying to figure it out. Um, but I know I, I still will study, go on to do further studies. I'm confident enough that I'm going to get accepted. Thank God, you know. And if if you don't go into academia, do you see yourself pursuing a career in the STEM field in the future? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I've I I currently actually work in healthcare. I've been doing that for my whole degree. I've worked in doctors' offices as a medical receptionist, so I have so much experience in that. And I was I started off um, actually wanting to go into health sciences. But you know the way that everybody gets allocated then after second year yeah. didn't really didn't really work out in my favor. But I'm still thinking of going back to that, um, looking into doing some courses um, associated with doing clinical work. Um, they they would be two year masters. I know there's a couple available in Trinity, but yeah, I I'd definitely be interested in doing that um, as well. If there's if there's just no possibility of with academia. Um, that would be my next port call. So what advice would you give to people wishing to apply to university as a mature student? Yeah, so I would just say do it, go for it. Um, you, you have nothing to lose, really. You're, you're making the step, you're, make, you're making the next step in your life and you will be so happy with yourself. Um, I'm, I'm nearly finished fourth year now and I'm just delighted. It's been the best the best time in my adult life anyway so far um don't do what I do apply to multiple courses because uh yeah don't do what I did apply to multiple courses because um you might not get accepted to some um it's best if you have backups but definitely I I honestly just think that um it would be the best decision that you make and you're everybody is well capable of it and the social aspects like us two what we've just discussed you know people are so nice they're not going to be mean about your age you're not going to, everybody is very accepting and uh, faculty members very accepting very helpful and honestly just do it that's the only advice if you're thinking about it just go for it and there's so much support out there like for you in the college network as well it, yeah you know it's, it's so yeah, important to take exactly. advantage of everything and they really try and make you feel comfortable regardless of you know your age or background yeah and there's just so many things to do like so many different societies and just social gatherings and outings you know if you feel like you're stuck like I was just working all the time and you didn't really have much going on you go into Trinity for example and you can join societies and you make a group of friends there you go on field trips when coronavirus wasn't a thing and um, nowadays you can have screenings and quizzes and it's just it's quite fun but at the same time like you learn so much as well and everybody's so welcoming so yeah well thank you so much Liz for joining me today I really appreciate it. it was really nice to hear your story and I wish you the best of luck in your final exams and whatever you decide to pursue in the future thank you thank you very much for having me 
us a little bit about yourself and your journey so far. My name is Lara Benchi. I was born and raised in Zimbabwe to a Shona mom and a Dutch dad. Yeah, just was a curious kid. Needed to put my curiosity somewhere, found science, and just followed that path. And now it's taken me to uh, my master's project this year in physics that I'm doing at Durham University. Perfect. Thank you. And what inspired you to study physics in the first place? Was there like a particular person or people who influenced you on your path? Okay. I know there's definitely a perception that um, parents of color like their children to go down specific paths, um, specifically the ones where maybe there's the most money to be had. And so I was fortunate because my mom never really pushed me to do anything that I didn't want to do. Um, so I know a lot of like a lot of my peers at school, they were told like, you have to do physics, you have to do chemistry so that you can become an engineer one day, um, or you have to do biology so you can become a doctor. But I never really had that. I just went to what I was, what I gravitated towards and that was physics. I was definitely inspired by um, my teachers at school. It's weird because now I guess I am the minority, but like back at school, you know, I was taught by basically all my science teachers were people of color. So it's actually been a shift to come to university and be instructed only by or by majority um, white people. So could you tell us what was your experience with diversity and the treatment of minorities during your time as a physics student? And did you ever feel like you or someone you knew were treated differently due to their background or identity? Well, I think it's interesting because I just think the nature of, I guess, racism or sexism has changed so much in like the current landscape where you don't have people being denied because of their gender or the color of their skin because of all the people that have worked so hard to fight that and work against that. There is still, I think we are still going through the paradigm shift of like trying to, you know, remove our own biases. Like I myself being in a workshop with other women or like a tutorial with other women where, I don't know, I just feel like I, I've never had a problem correcting them. But if like a guy said something wrong, I would always second guess if I should speak up and be like, I don't think that's, I don't think that's quite right. So there is, there is like that kind of thing that we still face is just, you know, getting everyone to kind of shift how they think about it. Um, but I've never really gone through anything egregious, I would say. Probably the hardest thing I've gone through is a background thing. So being African and studying in the UK, I think it took me a bit longer to feel comfortable. And like for the first the first couple of months of my physics degree, I didn't do as well as I, I didn't do well at all. I didn't do as well as I thought I would. You know, it was just going through that culture shock of like everyone being different to me and no one really understanding where I was coming from, no one really understanding why I was louder or why I was, why I would behave in the ways I did. But eventually, you know, you just, you just uh, find your own voice and you get through it. Yeah, yeah. And that's why I also wanted to ask you, you sort of mentioned that already, but what are some of the aspects of your personality or identity that, in your opinion, do not fit the typical depiction of a physicist? 
Yeah, I think um, the typical depiction of a physicist, um, apart from saying they're a genius, is not actually very flattering, is it? It's kind of like, you will be laser focused, you will only care about physics, you'll eat, sleep, breathe physics. And I feel like that's probably just not true for a lot of people. I think, you know, the most successful people that you see in physics are people that are trying to balance lives and do other things outside of physics. So I would say in that way, I uh, differ from the classic depiction of a physicist. I do wish they would change this classic depiction of a physicist because I, I just don't think it's representative really of anyone. Yeah, I think probably the thing that other people would identify um, is that I think I have a very different disposition. I think I'm quite friendly in physics. I remember when I first got to Durham, I was like, I'm going to learn every single person's name. I'm going to befriend them all. I'm going to say hi to every single person. I think it took some people off guard. I don't think they were expecting around the person to just ask who they were. Um, but I just, I, I just thought it was an important thing to, you know, kind of get to know the community around you. And that's, that's, I think that's something I've probably learned from my background. Being African um, is just that, you know, you, you just become friends with everyone around you. There's still, there's like a very small town, even though the capital of Zimbabwe, there's still like this small town vibe of like, you know, everyone down your street. Um, so I just, I wanted to maintain that when I came to university. I just also wanted to ask you, what was it like going into such a different, a culturally different area for you? Was it like a huge shock at first or? Oof, it was, yeah, it was, it was a lot. I think there are some things like you would, because I think most people have the assumption that, you know, you come from a third world country and you're going to a far more advanced country, like you're moving forwards or something like that. But I think there's a lot, I think people underestimate like what it is to be from a different place and have this already established identity from that place. And then to have to transfer that to a new field while still maintaining like some sort of caliber in that field. It, like there's a lot of pressure associated with that. And yeah, it, it's just like the fight between what do I have to conform to? What do I just have to accept is going to be a part of this new culture that I'm in? What can I keep of myself? But I think I, I, think I managed to uh, get over that. Actually, this is also something I wanted to ask you. Uh, did you ever feel the pressure to fit in in your field or felt a lack of freedom to be yourself uh, in physics specifically? Well, I think this is maybe this is just an advantage of um, physics and maths and subjects like that, where at the end of the day, as much as other people around you can have a bias and they can like they can judge you. I'm always going to be judged for like what I put down on the page, what I write in my reports. So in that way, you don't really have to conform. It's more just to, you know, be able to work with other people. I would say that's where the pressure um, for conformity comes from. Like, you know, maybe if you get a lab partner that you just, that does not vibe with you, that does not understand you. And I'd say there was a pressure at first to conform, but I think along my degree and along the way I learned more to just have confidence in what I was saying because just because the first person disagrees with doesn't mean the next person will and if you just kind of stick to 
stick to what you're trying to communicate and stick to like what your values are, how hard you want to work. Don't conform because all the other kids say that you should go to the pub. Yes, thanks for that advice, Laura. Well, since we're talking about diversity in STEM, during your time as a student, was the lack of diversity in STEM ever addressed? And do you think there's a specifically effective way of promoting inclusion in STEM fields? Yeah, that is, that's the tricky one because obviously it's something that like amongst my peers is like we discuss, you know, because it's a bit, it's glaringly obvious um, when you walk into a lecture theater, you see like, what, 10 other women or, I don't, I think this year in my physics year, we have no black people, which is kind of crazy, but there's only so much that the department can do to change that because it is such a societal problem and it's like just so like the you know the structural violence goes so deep down that it is something that I think the department would be shy to address because you know their hands are a bit tied by what society does next it's something that the university as a whole have pledged to address they addressed it last year around march when the blm movement got really popular i'm not sure what really has come of that yet i'm not sure if it's because of coronavirus we just can't really see what's going on and a lot of people have deferred this year or if they don't have a very solid plan you know that's still left to be seen but i'd say they do you know as bad as people of color representation can get they do promote women and they do um, a lot of talks and a lot of events uh, that are women focused. Um, so that's good. It's good to see that kind of thing and just get more people encouraged to get involved in all of it, I guess. Yeah, well, it's great to see there's interest in these types of projects. The next question I wanted to ask you was, what was the biggest challenge you had to face in your career so far and how did you overcome it? I would say that I haven't had many challenges so far because like the way I have been introduced into science, I've been fortunate that it hasn't really been, you know, it hasn't been colored by my gender or my race because I grew up in Africa where I'm not a minority and I went to an all-girls school where, again, I'm not a minority in science. So I've definitely had the privilege of just like being given this direction and just like having all the confidence to go forwards with it and just not really having to second guess myself because of who I am and what my identity is. Um, so I'd say in that challenging I would say that probably the biggest thing has been just the culture shock but even that you know is a surmountable task. Well I'm also interested and you've touched upon this a bit already since you're a postgraduate student now would you say there is a difference in representation in undergrad versus postgrad? Um, it's a bit difficult now because I've transferred to my postgrad during coronavirus so I'm not really seeing anyone right now. Uh, yeah, I think there hasn't really, I, there hasn't been a visible difference to me because of the coronavirus. I've done this transition during that, so I haven't been able to lecture theaters. But I would say just in general, from 
my time over my whole degree. You, when you walk into the lecture, there is, I don't think what you see is exactly representative because I think that the women who are enrolled in STEM and the women who are doing STEM work a lot harder. I don't wanna say, I'm not gonna say this generally, but it appears to me that the women are working a lot harder than the men. Um, and that's because, you know, we have something to prove, you know? So it is nice to see, it is nice to always know that like your female friends will be there in the workshops, in the tutorials, they're always working as hard as you. And it, it's just like, it kind of boosts up the community to see everyone working as hard and trying as hard in their opportunities um, because we all take it really seriously. Well, now that you've got to this part when uh, you're finishing up your master's and hopefully starting your PhD soon, if you could go back to before you began your STEM career, what advice would you give yourself? Um, I would probably say it's not that hard. Actually take notes. No, I'm kidding. Um, I am happy with the choices I've made. I think probably the biggest piece of advice I would give myself is to be less competitive with other people. I think that's probably something that, you know, just um, that's probably the thing that's discouraged me the most is just if I did worse than someone, you know, it would take me back. It would push me two steps back mentally. I'd be like, dang it. Um, so as much as it drove me, it was also like a bit of a hindrance in that way. And Notice, I never noticed it at school because I obviously it was at an all-girls school, but I think I can be uh, particularly competitive with other women. And that's probably something I should, you know, well, I have addressed it now, but that is something I wish I had addressed sooner and like thought about more uh, when I was younger. Yes, well, I suppose we all have a lot to learn during our college experience. And coming from that, do you have any tips for undergrads trying to get a postgrad degree or an internship? Well, okay, I haven't, I'll be honest, I haven't applied to any internships because I do love my academia and I will never let it go. But I will say, as postgrad applications go, it's important that when you're applying, you remember because your goal is to stand out, right, and show that you are the best candidate. So I would say the easiest way to do that is probably just to stay organized stay on top of it like make sure make notes make concise notes don't make too many notes make concise notes about what you're trying to do what you're or like what points you think are important for every institution and make sure you're sticking to those and if you just you know take the time to actually organize everything beforehand then your application process will go smoothly you can just bash them out boom 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 that's great advice thank you and um the last question I want to ask you today is about your future. So where would you say you see yourself in 10 or 20 years? Oh, 10 or 20. I thought you were going to ask five. Um, okay, so 10, 10 years from how old? Ooh, oh, lady never tells. <laughs> um, it has, I think... I definitely will stay in academia. I'll do as many PhDs as they let me do. I love contributing to science. I love the research process. I love experimentation and data analysis. It's just, you know, it all kind of, it just is, I just find it very fulfilling. But if I'm being honest and I'm thinking of my real goal that I've had since I was a little kid and I used to watch Star Trek every morning, um, I, I, would, I want to end up in space. That is my goal too. 
enlist. Unfortunately, ESA are selecting their astronauts now, and I'm not sure I'm qualified right now. But who knows? In ten years, yeah, we'll exactly. have to redo this interview, um, and I'll be coming at you from the International Space Station. We would love to do this interview <laughs> with you as an astronaut, and that is a great goal to have. Thank you so much, Laura, yeah. for this interview. That wraps up the fourth episode of the Diversity in STEM podcast, where we heard about the unique experiences of two women currently pursuing STEM degrees. Thanks so much to our two fantastic guests, Liz and Laura. It was a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much to our new and returning listeners. We hope to bring you another episode very soon. As the podcast continues and progresses, we would like our listeners to have their say in the guests that we speak to and the discussions that we have. If there is anyone in particular that you would enjoy hearing on this podcast in the future, be sure to fill out our feedback form, which will be available on our social media platforms, which are TCDSU Diversity in STEM on Facebook and at TCDSU underscore Diversity in STEM on Instagram. If you have any other ideas or would like to get involved with the campaign in any way, please do get in touch with us.